Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to a bonus episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. As always, even on this bonus episode, I am thrilled. I am so grateful that you've chosen to tune in and share your time with me. Today, I, I, sh- uh, I kind of whet your appetite a little bit in the previous podcast episode and told you that today I'm going to kind of wrap up this, uh, this series on the 14 Marine Corps leadership traits. And actually what I'm going to be doing today is I'm going to be talking to you about the one leadership trait that I believe is not in the list of 14 that should be. Now, I know it will uh, it will upset the acronym. We talked about, uh, let's see, all the way back in episode number 46, I believe it was, the JJ Did Tie Buckle acronym that, uh, that describes all of the 14 Marine Corps leadership traits. Even told you some stories about how I learned that back in boot camp. So be sure you go back and check that out, episode 46. But today I'm going to be talking to you about, let's call it the 15th uh, leadership trait. It is not in the Marine Corps manual, but I believe it should be. We'll definitely be talking about that, but I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag and tell you what that is until I first tell you about our virtual event, live event that is actually happening today. Uh, as you, If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know that we normally release our podcast episodes on Wednesday. Here we are, we're releasing this bonus episode uh, on a Friday, Friday, September the 3rd, and the live event, the live virtual event on becoming a leader that others will follow anywhere, it's happening today at 1 p.m. Eastern time today. So if you're listening to this fresh off the presses and it's not one o'clock Eastern time yet, you need to pause this podcast episode, stop it right now and go over to credibleleaders.com forward slash formula, credibleleaders.com forward slash formula and register for the event today. You don't want to miss this event. It's urgent. You've got to get there today. You want to be a part of the live event, I assure you. Um, But uh, if you are listening to this after September the 3rd or after 1 p.m. today, then you can still head over to credibleleaders.com forward slash formula. Uh, you can register there and you'll receive the recording of the event. You won't receive the live event or access to the live event, obviously, because I can't bend time and uh, rewind for you and do that live again. But you will be able to get the recording. So be be sure you do that. Again, if you're listening to this fresh off the presses, you, that means you're subscribed to the podcast. Thank you so much that you are. And you have just a matter of hours here before you, this live event. So be sure you check that out. CredibleLeaders.com forward slash formula. Now, I didn't tell you what the the trait was that I believe is missing from the 14 Marine Corps leadership trait traits. But let me, what I'm going to do in, in, in the entire series, we have uh, always consulted the Marine Corps manual and we've the Marine Corps manual talks about the definition, the significance, and an example of the trait. And then I have always kind of added my two cents into that and and shared with you uh, some tips in incorporating that trait into your leadership. 
Now, we're going to do the same thing in this podcast episode uh, regarding this trait, but obviously we're not consulting the, uh, the Marine Corps manual. Instead, we're going to consult the dictionary. And then for the significance and the example, I just made up uh, so, some uh, examples of significance and, and so forth. And then we'll, uh, then we'll share some tips. I'll share some tips in incorporating this Marine Corps, or this leadership trait into your, uh, into your, uh, leadership. Now let's talk about the trait that I believe is missing from the Marine Corps 14 leadership traits. And that is the trait of humility, humility. Now I know again, it, it would upset the JJ did tie buckle acronym if we threw an H in there. Um, but I believe humility is a crucial trait that any effective leader must have, must have. So let's talk about the definition of humility. It's simply a modest or even low view of one's own importance. A modest, even low view of one's own importance. And here's why I say humility is such an important aspect of leadership. I believe ego is the number one downfall of most leaders. If you find a leader that has been effective in some way, and then suddenly they, you know, their leadership just kind of tanks, I would submit to you that probably ego is what got, they got caught up in ego. They got caught up into maybe the, the attitude of command and control type leadership. Uh, and it ultimately ended in their, their downfall as a leader. They, they end up with team members that, uh, would no longer follow them, would, would, you know, wouldn't go the extra mile for them, wouldn't uh, put in the extra effort for them. And because they ended up with team members that way, then uh, as a team, then over time, they were unable to succeed, unable to keep up with competition or whatever it might be. And that's all tied to humility, right? If a, if a leader is not humble, if a leader does not have a modest or even low view of uh, of his himself or herself, then they allow ego to take over in their leadership, which begins to ostracize team members. And as I said earlier, at best, you get a half-hearted effort out of your team members when that's the case. Uh, here's the significance, and I've already kind of alluded to it. The humble leader is less likely to succumb to their ego, the number one downfall of most leaders. I've heard, I've read a lot of books and I've heard a lot of individuals talk about humility and ego. And probably one of the best authors I've ever heard speak to this is uh, Jocko Willink. He speaks to this a little bit in his, um, in his book, uh, Extreme Ownership, he and, and Leif Babin. Uh, but he also has a, another book, uh, Leadership Tips and Tactics. Um, and it's, uh, he talks about um, subordinating your ego subordinating your ego. And that is something that every leader must learn to do. Uh, the ego is, it's, it's, a, it's a selfish emotion. And if we don't do, you know, intentionally take the action to subordinate that ego, then that selfish emotion will uh, run unchecked and it will, you know, cause us to lead in a way that, again, alienates our team members and, uh, you know, kind of separates them from, uh, from us as a leader and, and the rest of the team. And they begin to give 
you know, these half-hearted efforts and so forth. Uh, and so I would, I would encourage you to check out Jocko Willink, his books, Extreme Ownership and, and, and others. Uh, he's Dichotomy of Leadership. He speaks of it in there as well. But subordinating your ego is something that you must intentionally do. And that requires humility. You have to have this modest or even low view of your own importance in order for you to be able to subordinate your ego and, and keep that in check. And I've got an example here that I've noted for you. And it says, uh, or I say, say this, the humble leader that knows the best action plan to accomplish a goal is still patient to hear from each member of his team to get their input on the best strategy. Right. And I, I catch myself in this a lot as a leader and maybe you do as well, where there's a problem to be solved and you feel like, and you're pretty certain mate, based on experience in the past or something like that, you're pretty certain you already know the best solution to that problem. Well, one of the worst things you can do is just go to your team and say, Hey team, here's the problem and here's the solution. Here's how we're going to fix this. Let's go get it. Um, Instead, a humble leader, even though you feel like you know the best possible solution, you're going to go to the team and you're going to present the problem to the team. And then you're going to allow the team to come up with solutions to the problem, right? Allow them to put on the table as many ideas as they might have. And then allow the team to come up with a strategy, pick the best solution to that problem. Now, oftentimes I've seen this in my own leadership. Oftentimes the solution that the team picks is the same solution that the leader came to the meeting with us, you know, thinking that that would be the best solution. But in this case, the humble leader, because they didn't allow their ego to come charging in and say, here's the solution, let's go do it. Instead, the humble leader came in and was patient with his team, allowed his team input into that the solution of that problem. And maybe they, they came up with the exact same solution. Maybe they came up with a slightly different solution. But what's happened there is this humble leader has allowed his team to be heard, allowed uh, her team to, to put forth their ideas. And when they settle on a solution to that problem, now you have buy-in from all of those team members because essentially the solution is theirs right? The next steps in solving this problem, they created those pro those steps, not, not you as the, as the leader, right? And so you have kind of this built-in buy-in from your team members that they're going to go and solve that problem according to the solution and the steps that they've defined, right? But if you are a leader that's full of ego, right, that has this selfish emotion of, well, I don't have time, I don't have the patience, and I don't have the time to sit here and listen to my team members, offer up these ideas or these suggestions on solving the problem. I already know what the best solution is. I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to tell them what to do and I'm going to expect them to do it. If you lead that way with your, your, your ego, just uh, uh, running rampant and uh, this selfish emotion of ego leading you in that meeting, then again, at best, when, when you leave that meeting, those team members are going to give you a half-hearted effort in solving that problem, in taking those steps uh, in that solution that you have uh, demanded or commanded for them to go and execute, right? So if you subordinate your ego and you go in with a humble attitude, humility, 
and you share with the team, hey, here's the problem, guys. We gotta, we need to come up with the best solution to this problem. Then you've exhibited humility, right? You've subordinated your ego and you're soliciting input from your team. Now, let me, let me talk about a, a few tips. And these are just different tips that, that I've used in my own leadership to ensure that I am subordinating my ego and that I'm instilling humility in my own attitude of leadership. And this first one, I've talked to you all before. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard me talk about mental triggers. Uh, and for me, these mental triggers are just little quotes that I will say to myself. And oftentimes, I've said this before, oftentimes I will say these quotes out loud. Uh, I've even been caught by people saying these quotes out loud at times. And when it relates to humility and subordinating my ego, I have this one little quote that I say to myself on a regular basis, and it is this, this mental trigger where I'll say to myself, the team is more important than me. The team is more important than me. So if I, you know, if I'm walking down the hall to a conference room, to a, to a meeting, uh, and I'm meeting with my team and, and maybe there's a, there's a big problem that we're needing to face lots of pressure, lots of stress. And, and I know that as I'm going into this meeting, it's a meeting and a situation that's really, really ripe for me to uh, allow my ego to run unchecked and, and just kind of take charge and tell everybody what to do. And right, when it's a high pressure, high stress situation, that kind of, uh, you know, unchecked ego can start to run rampant. And so on the way to walking to that conference room, as I'm walking through the hall, I will say to myself, the team is more important than me. The team is more important than me. And I'll just keep repeating that myself so that when I get into that conference room, when I get into that team meeting, I'm, I'm mentally, I've, I've mentally established that the team is more important than me. The team's ideas are more important than my ideas. The team's solution to this problem are more important than my ideas or solutions to this problem. And so you just have to have these mental triggers. It may be that statement that I use. The team is more important than me. Or you may come up with a different statement or quote that you want to say to yourself. But you just need to have these mental triggers that tells you that uh, you need to subordinate your ego and that you need to lead with humility, right? You need those mental triggers that will tell you that. I'll give you another scenario where um, humility is a is a great asset in your leadership. And that is when, especially in the corporate world, when you're working with other departments, when you're working with other departments at times, you get into this situation where you feel like the other department is, um, they're either bringing to you distractions from the things that you and your department are supposed to be doing, or they're not offering up for you the level of support maybe that you need from them. And so oftentimes in these two different departments within a corporation, you may have kind of this conflict of either they're interrupting me, they're kind of disturbing me from doing the work I'm supposed to be doing, or on the other hand, I'm somewhat dependent on them as a department and they're not giving me the level of service or, or value that I need from them. And oftentimes when that's the case, an, an ego begins to uh, to take hold in one or both of the leaders of those departments, 
then what you'll see is you'll see those departments just diverge even further, right? Ego, they get into arguments, they, uh, they get into, um, you know, the, these arguments about, um, you're just, you know, your unplanned work is, is not my problem. And, and those kind of things, you, you see that happen among, um, departments, two different departments rather often. But if you have leaders of those departments that are leading with humility, that are able and willing to subordinate their egos and sit down and really talk about the differences. They're able to really sit down and talk about, hey, when you come to uh, our department with these surprises, with these unplanned activities that you need from us, it really disturbs all this other work and all this other planning that we're doing, and we need to find a way to correct that. Or we sit down and we have this th this humble conversation around there's a level of deliverable or service that I need from your department on a timely basis. And we're simply not getting that. And when we don't get that, these things happen, you know, how can, how can my team help your team to, to deliver according to the needs that we have? And so, so you can just see how humility in two leaders of two different departments that at times could be clashing can solve those problems. Right. But again, if you have, either one of those leaders or both of those leaders uh, that are leading with ego, then you, those two departments are going to just diverge e even further than they already are. Right? So you got to have those mental triggers. So if I'm going into a meeting with another department lead and I know that there's conflict there, there's struggle there between our departments, I've got to go in with that mental trigger telling me that in my case, the team is more important than me. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what I'm feeling right now. It doesn't matter what type of emotions are running through me right now. Mentally, I've got to prepare for um, the team being more important than me. So that's tip number one. Those mental triggers, find, figure out what they are and use those on a regular basis. Whether it's a saying, whether it's something written in a notebook that you use, whatever it might be, be sure you're using those mental triggers. Uh, tip number two here is servant attitude. Develop a servant attitude. Now, this is in general to leadership that I believe in servant leadership. I believe that is the best possible model for leadership. I believe that's the leadership that I was taught in the Marine Corps. That's the leadership that I've seen most effective in all of my corporate career. But what you have to do in order to establish humility as a leadership trait is you really have to, on a personal level, you have to adopt this attitude of being a servant to your team. Right? Yes, you have a title that makes you a leader. You have a title that is VP or director or, or team lead or something like that. And that title, if you think about the traditional organizational chart, that title puts you at the top of that team and everyone else below you. But I would submit to you that mentally, as an as a an attitude you need to have an attitude where that org chart is flipped upside down and you're actually on the bottom and you're on the bottom for the purpose of serving those team members above you okay your role as the leader is to serve your team members to do whatever necessary that you can to support them to ensure that that they uh, you know their job is is uh, is easier for them that they can they have all the tools that they need they have all the information that they need they have all the training that they need you need to ensure 
that you're doing anything and everything in your power to provide for your team members that are doing the work for you. You need to serve them in any way that you can. Now, the reason this is important to humility is simply because when you adopt the servant attitude, when you view your role as the leader as a servant to your team members, then you naturally have this definition of humility, a modest or even low view of your own importance, right? My work on the team is not near as important as the team members themselves, right? Their work, their activities, their actions that they are taking on the team for the accomplishment of your shared goal, that work by them is more important than your work as the leader. You need to have that servant attitude, right? That, that modest, even low view of your own importance. And your role is serving them, making their life better. I, I was on LinkedIn one day and I was commenting on a, um, on a question. Someone had posed a question in LinkedIn one day and, and it was something along the lines of, is it the, is it the role or the purpose of a leader to make the life of their team members easier? And my response to that was, yes, absolutely yes. As a servant leader, your role as the leader, as a servant leader, is to make the life of your team members easier, even to the point that that might make your life harder, right? And, and I think that's, again, something that was very much taught to me in the Marine Corps, in the Marine Corps, and you can see it also in Simon Sinek's book, Eaters, Leaders Eat Last, and so, again, that was a principle that was taught to us in the Marine Corps. The leaders, the officers, the high-ranking enlisting men, they eat last. And they do so because they want the people, you know, the, the Marines that are on the front line, that are in the trenches, they want those guys to eat first because the mentality is I'm going to make their life easier first, even if that happens to make my life harder. Right? So if I don't get to eat, at least my men did get to eat, right? So servant attitude, you have to adopt a servant attitude. If you will just view your role as servant to those that you lead, then you will, that will ensure that you have um, humility in your leadership. And then last tip that I will share with you is this, um, and this is a bit of a, a teaching on actions and emotions more so than it is a tip, but it's just this, this recognition that actions always precede emotions. When I start to talk about humility and subordinating the ego and things like that, oftentimes I will have leaders talk to me about, well, you know, I just don't, I don't feel like operating that way, or I don't feel like doing that. Or sometimes I'll talk about, you know, building good, healthy, friendly relationships with your team members. And I will have a leader that says, well, you know what? I, I don't really like my team members. I don't, I don't really want to build a good relationship. With I don't have that feeling or that emotion of liking them or, or wanting to have a relationship with them. And so when that's the case, when someone mentions that, and I really appreciate when they at least have the level of integrity to admit that, then I always teach this principle that actions always precede emotions. Okay. So so for instance, let's talk about something we can all relate to, a fear, right? So let's say someone has a fear of public speaking. Fear is, it's an emotion, 
right? And and so it, it's understandable. Some people are are truly afraid of the idea of standing in front of a large crowd and speaking. And so you have this fear of public speaking. Well, what is going to overcome that emotion? What is going to overcome that fear of public speaking? The only thing that will overcome that fear of public speaking is public speaking, right? The only way that you will overcome that fear is if you take those actions. Now, obviously, I would not recommend to someone to go and give a speech in front of a, you know, a football stadium full of people. Maybe you want to have a, a speech in front of two or three people first. You're taking these micro actions, if you will, but it's those actions that are necessary to overcome those emotions. The same is true here for humility. If you feel like, you know, you're kind of a ego-driven, somewhat selfish leader, you're impatient with your team, you know, you're just driven and want to just get work done and so and you feel like, well, I need to incorporate humility into my leadership a little bit better. Well, then the first thing you need to do is you need to start taking some actions to do that. As you start to take those actions, then the emotions or the feelings behind that that you're looking for, that you're desiring, those will come, right? So again, the, the fear of public speaking, eventually you get to the point that you can overcome the fear of public speaking. You, you, you do it to the point that you no longer fear public speaking. Now, I'm not suggesting that means you won't get nervous and things like that, but you overcome that fear to the point you don't, you no longer fear or have that emotion of fear as it relates to public speaking. The same will apply here in exhibiting humility in your leadership. Take the action first, and then the feelings or emotions around being humble uh, in your attitude will come after that. So those are the three tips I have for you in developing humility in your leadership. Again, the one leadership trait that I believe is missing from the 14 Marine Corps leadership traits is humility. And that's your three tips on how to incorporate humility in your leadership, have a mental trigger of some sort that reminds you to have a modest or even low view of your own importance, adopt a servant attitude. You're a servant to those that you lead. And lastly, take the action necessary to exhibit humility. Action will then lead to the emotions of that as well. So I hope that's helped you uh, with uh, humility. Again, the 15th leadership trait, uh, the one that I believe is missing from the 14 leadership uh, traits of the Marine Corps. And with this episode, with this bonus episode, bonus episode we're going to wrap up the 14 Marine Corps leadership traits uh, and again, if you want a recap of those, you can go all the way back to episode 46. Uh, you'll get an overview of those. And then I've, I've covered every single one of the 14 along the way. I've had a few. I know we've had a few uh, interviews and things like that along in the series. But if you'll go back to episode 46, you can start the entire series there. So thanks so much for tuning in. Again, I hope this has helped you build in, out humility in your leadership. Until I speak to you again next time, be blessed and lead well. This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.